0: And, you know, I was talking to Sister Gay about that on the way in, and she goes, oh, that long? Gay throwing old people jokes on me. So, uh, but, but I, I, I've always known Sherry as Sherry, but I didn't know Stephen's name. I thought his name was Otter for the longest time, because that's what we called him in college. Uh, and, and Otter was, he was, uh, big on the baseball team and he was a big part of, uh, just, just the life there at Faulkner University, he and Sherry, um, for, for a long time, which is ironic because he was Mr. Baseball Guy and now he's, he's a coach for basketball at Mount Dora uh, Christian Academy and, and they've had some great seasons, um, I don't know what all your records are and everything, but we'll let you brag on yourself later. But, uh, but seriously, the reason we have him here is, is for other reasons. And we want to give him all the time he needs and also to give you some time afterwards if you want to talk to him. If uh, maybe you have some questions and things of that sort, we want to give you that opportunity as well. But, uh, but they are just a, just a wonderful family. And I'm so glad that he's come and be a part of this so let's bow for a word of prayer. And after that, Stephen, Otter, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Father, we come to you this day and we thank you for Stephen and Sherry. We thank you for their faith. We thank you for being there for them when some of us were not close enough to really be with them and, and to comfort them in, in difficult times. And, but Father, you've always been there and you've been there for so many in our church And so many of the people that we know, and we're so grateful. We're thankful that Stephen uh, just really has the faith and the bravery to get up and speak about these things today. Father, give him strength. Give him the words that he needs this night. Comfort Sherry as they go through this as well. And in Christ's name that we pray, amen. All right, Stephen.
1: Good evening. Get my notes ready. Uh, i tell you what, within about 10 minutes, I realized how friendly this church was. It is awesome to be here with you, and it's a privilege to be here with you, and I really have looked forward to this. Uh, I talked to Tracy um, actually through Facebook, I guess, about two months ago, and we were trying to come up with a date, and and I'm so glad that I get the opportunity to come speak to you Anybody that would like some good stories on Tracy or Missy from college, when we're done, I will be happy to stay here till 10 o'clock tonight and give you all the information that you need on him. But... But but it's funny uh, because I, I know most, everybody here do not know who I am and I was gonna introduce myself as Stephen Hayes and I started thinking, I haven't been called Stephen most of my life, through high school and through college. Somehow, I got the nickname Otter, and it was carried over so much that my teachers called me that. I'm surprised it doesn't say it on my diplomas. And I, you know, started thinking about it, I, was going, I wonder if Tracy really does know what my real name is. Um, and then the last 26 years, I've been called Coach, and and, and that's what I, that's what I've been known as. I, I, like I say, I very seldom hear hear the word Stephen. Um, I, to give you a little information on me, I've been married for 26 years to the beautiful young lady back there in the back in the orange. Her name is Sherry, and uh, yes, she definitely deserves a hand to spend those years with me. Uh, I, I sure don't deserve her, but uh, God has put her in my life, and I really am glad that we are doing life together. And you know, uh, it's 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 awesome to be married to to somebody that you respect and love so much, and. Uh, You know, I I think about the things that we've been through, and I think about our family and everything. And I've I've now been at Mount Nora Christian Academy for 19 years. Tomorrow morning at uh, 6.30 a.m., I will start my 18th year as the head basketball coach. Uh, It's those dreaded two-a-day workouts we have for two weeks, but uh, we get it kicked off, and uh, looking forward to that. Um, I have a daughter that is now 21 years old. Uh, She lives in Tavares, which is right by us, which we're so happy about. You'll see her in some of these pictures up here. These pictures up here, she was probably somewhere between 12 and 14 years old in most of the pictures that you see. Um, but uh, we're really proud of her. She's doing really good. She just finished her two-year degree uh, last week, and very proud of her. And, and we're, we're just happy she's living beside us. Um, and then I have uh, my son Nathan. Uh, Nathan lived on this earth for 10 years, and Nathan was tragically killed in a car accident. Um, you will see a picture, all the pictures up here with him in it. And I'm here to talk about that. And, you know, I, I, first of all, I think it's important that you get to know who Nathan is a little bit. I, that's why we show the pictures. We want you to see his personality. Um, Nathan loved four things. All right, he loved four things. He loved his family. And it was funny because when he was at home, he was a mama's boy. And always hugging on his mom, loving on his mom, always wanting to be around his mom. At school, he was his daddy's, a daddy's boy. And what I mean by that is he always wanted to be with me. He always wanted to be a part of the basketball program. Always wanted to come to practice. Always wanted to come to games. And he was, he was just a big part of my life during that time. And, you know, the second thing that he loved the most was Mount Vernon Christian Academy basketball. And he lived and died by it. He, he could not wait for the games. And, and he was so excited. He was my manager for three years. He sat behind the bench. There were several times where I'd have to turn around and, and say, Nathan, you gotta stop. You gotta calm down a little bit. And and because he would get so excited. And you know, he he, he would be rejoicing when we won and he'd be crying when we lost. And uh, you know, but he he loved Mount Moore Christian basketball, and the great thing was the kids that played for me really took him in. And they, they were very special to him, and he was special to them. And the, The third thing that he loved, as you can see up there, is Paul Pierce and the Boston Celtics. Um, Not really sure why he picked that team and him, but he did. And, And it was the same way. When they played, if it was at 10.30 at night, he would beg to stay up and watch them. And he wanted to watch the game until the end. And he would cheer for them. He'd be happy when they won and cry when they lost. You know, it was the same thing. The fourth thing that he loved was Christ. And even though he was only 10 years old, he was in Lads the Leaders. He had gotten to the point where he was getting up in front of people, he was saying prayers in church, he was reading the scripture in church, and he was to the point where he was even asking questions um, about baptisms different things. But he, he always had a smile on his face, he always wanted to see people happy, and he always you know, tried to do the right things. And, and, and so that leading into what I wanted to talk to you about tonight. I, I've been going around and speaking on keeping your faith through tragedy, and I put a slash up there, your hope is in Christ. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's a, we have challenges every day. Everybody faces trials. There's people here right now facing whether it's something to do with their marriage, whether it's something to do with their job, whether it's something to do with money situation, whether it's something to do with the loss of somebody, whether it's something to do with cancer. We can go right down the line. We face trials every day. All right, we, we do. Some bigger than others. And some of us are facing tragedies that are in our life. And I'm here to tell you and try to hope and show you the way that I've got through it. And I'm not going to sit up here and tell you it's been easy and it is easy because it hasn't been. I, I have some really bad days and I have some good days. and But no matter what, what I finally learned is, is put in Christ's hands. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. And, and, and as I started thinking about the first thing to, to really tell you how... I was able to get through everything that's happened I would say that keeping your foundation and building your foundation right now so many times we wait so many times we put God off so many times we say you know what when I graduate from college I'm gonna really buckle down and start working on my Christianity then all of a sudden now hey when I get through my first five years of my job I'm really gonna start buckling down when my child becomes a teenager now then and we continue this on and on and we keep pushing God away, I challenge you right now to build that foundation strong. Because when those trials and those tragedies come, that is so important. As I look back at it, and I'm gonna get into my situation, let you know how everything happened for me and how I handled things good and bad. But but I'm telling you right now, the only way I was able to get back to Christ was through a strong foundation. I'm so thankful for my parents. So thankful. Um, they they really guided me in those early years when the, I t- I tested that we opened the church doors and we closed them every Wednesday and Sunday because we were we were always the first one there and the last one to leave. I'm not sure how that worked because he wasn't an elder or preacher, but that's what we did. And uh, it, it was amazing to watch how they lived their life and how they were an example towards me. I didn't always appreciate it at the time, but as I've got older and I look back, I realize, you know what, they set that foundation. Now, I will say this. It's important for you to find your own spirituality. It's, there's nothing wrong with questioning things. When everything happened, I finally got to the point where I started questioning everything, but I started trying to find those answers. I tried to search and find what, is, what, what are we supposed to be doing here? Why did this happen? I'm going to be honest with you, I'm never going to know why it happened, and and I I don't want to know why why it happened. I I always say, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, why why do these things happen to us? And and I start thinking, you know what, when we get to heaven, we're not going to care. All right, when we get to heaven, we're going to be so happy because there's no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrows. All right, we're going to be up there with our Heavenly Father, I'm going to see my son again, and we're going to be there for eternity. But I'm telling you, to get to that point, we must build our foundation. Before I go any further, I think I've got to t- talk to you about uh, September 24th, 2011. That was the day that everything changed in, our, in my family's life. And it started at 5.30 in the morning. It started at school. I'm loading up a bus of basketball guys. And we get on a bus at 5.30. We head down to Orlando and we go down to where the Magic play. We went down there for three hours. We fed the homeless veterans. And I was so proud of those guys. I remember thinking, man, they worked so hard. They helped them find clothes that fit. They gave them food. They sat there and talked to these men. And I'm sitting there going, man, you're talking about getting out of your comfort zone. These 16, 17, 18-year-olds did such a great job. And I remember feeling so good as we left. We got back into the bus. As we get in the bus, we drove down about 10 10 minutes, I would say, got out. There's a gym there. And we put on a basketball camp for the inner city kids there. And we did that for four hours. And I remember at the end, we fed them. I remember having a Bible study with them. I remember giving out awards uh, for the day. Um, and we tried to make sure everybody there won something. But more importantly, we tried to make sure that they saw who Christ was. And I remember getting, getting back on the bus. We took them to Damon Buster's. Uh, finally started heading back to school. And I'm thinking, man, what a great day. You know, we have glorified God so much today. And, and that's all I kept thinking. Um, as, I, as I got back to the school, the weather was really bad by the time we got back. It was rainy, really dark, and I, what I remember is a lot of wind, really windy. And a uh, pair dropped off Nathan, who had been with them all day. Nathan went in the gym with me. And as we were coming, getting ready to come out of the gym, there was a player there named Austin Parker. I called him AP. And I, I still remember AP looked at Nathan and he said, you know what? LeBron James would beat Paul Pierce in a one-on-one con- contest any time.
0: And I remember, I remember Nathan looked back at him without hesitating and said, "You know what, Paul Pierce would beat LeBron
1: with his right hand tied behind his back in a one-on-one contest." And I'll never forget that. That, that. that just, and I remember walking out, and AP's, you know, laughing. And AP was his favorite person um, on the team. And they high-fived each other. And we got in the car, and he looked at me, and pretty much something to the effect that. That was pretty good, was You know, is what, is what he said. You know, and and so we're talking, and and we're driving, and. The weather's really bad, and I get to a road where it's really curvy, and a car passes me coming this way, and knowing that, that tells me that there was a tree that fell across the road within about 30 seconds to a minute before I got to it, and I came around a curve, and as I came around that curve, I was going slow enough that when I did hit the tree, because it was impossible for me to see it until I literally came around there, that it really didn't do a, a whole lot of damage to the truck, but I couldn't go anywhere. Um, so we get out, I take Nathan and I put him what I would call a little bit, there's a, like a hill and I put him up on top of that. And the car was still running so I thought I needed to go turn the car off and went back to turn it off and as I look up I see headlights. And, and in all honesty I, I, I closed my eyes, I jumped up because I thought I was going to be hit. And I was trying to get hit by the top of the car instead of the bottom of the car and when I landed on the ground um, it missed me, and I turned, and then that's when everything went crazy. And honestly, from that point on, after the car hit Nathan, I don't remember a whole lot for, for a long time. And everything is really fuzzy, um, I, I just don't have a whole lot of recollection of what, what really happened then for the next almost month to be honest with you. And that was a very, very tough, I would say, first two months. And, and what I remember is how angry I was. I remember thinking back when I, would, when I was younger, read the Bible, how I would ask myself, how do these people get angry at God? And in my mind, I felt like if I got angry with God, he would strike me down right there. That's how, you know, that's how scared I would be to get angry at him. But when this happened and I lost Nathan, the anger came. I would go outside, I would yell at God, I would curse at God, and I don't know how well Tracy remembers me back from college, but my wife will tell you, and my players that play for, for me will tell you, they've never heard me cuss. I don't do that. That's just not in my DNA. That's not who I am. And, but I'll tell you what, for those two months, I did. And I do remember one thing that I used to do. I would, I, I would literally almost fall asleep standing up, and I'd sleep for two or three hours. I would get up in the morning, and I would go out and run. And I would run for two, two and a half hours. And during that two, two and a half hours, I'd spend about 90% of that time crying. And I would cry like a baby. I don't know if you've ever ran and cried at the same time. Not very easy to do, but that's what I did. And I did it because I did not want my wife or my daughter to see me weak. I felt like also at night i said, you know what, God, forget you, I'll take care of this. That was the mentality I went with for two months. And I did that over and over, day after day, I would get up early. I would go out and run before they ever got up, and for two and two and a half hours, I would do that continuously. About two months into it, uh, after everything happened, I got a call from Tony Dungy, um, a friend of mine got a hold of, uh, of him. I don't know if you know who Tony Dungy is. Uh, he is uh, analyzes football games in the NFL. He was a uh, Super Bowl champion coach. He also played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Incredible career in football but an incredible spiritually minded man. Unfortunately, we had something in common. Uh, he lost his son too. And he sat there and talked to me for about an hour on the phone. And and, and at the end, you know, said, hey, I'll, anytime you need me, let me know. I've, I've actually got in touch with him three or four times since then, and he's always got back to me. Um, and, and he's a unbelievably spiritually minded guy. And what I did that next morning when I woke up, instead of crying while I ran, I started praying. And I remember praying, and I prayed the same thing over and over again. God, please give me a sign. God, please help me through this. God, please tell me that this is going to be okay. God, please tell me that Nathan is okay. And I kept saying that over and over again for ever. how long I ran that day. Over and over, I prayed the same thing. And I remember walking in the house, and when during those two months, when I'd get back, I literally would change my clothes, and I would start cleaning or doing something. I couldn't sit. The only time I said is when I literally fell asleep, practically standing up, um, because it was too hard. If I had to sit, if I sat, then I started thinking, and I didn't want to think. Um, But, so I I started cleaning, and the first thing I did was reach under this couch, and I pulled out a a band like this, and it said, trust God. And it was Nathan's band. And at that moment, right there, I fell on my knees. I still remember just crying like a baby, but for the first time, I did it in front of my wife and my daughter. And, and, and at that moment, I started trying to dig myself back out. And it did take a while. And it's still, it's a seven-year, it's been a seven-year, a little over seven-year journey for us. And we've had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And I still get angry at times. I, I still ha- have those moments. But the difference is, I've put it in God's hands. I decided, you know what? You, I'm going to let God take over. I'm going to let him lead me. I'm gonna trust him, even though I'll never understand why this all this happened. I'm gonna trust him and follow him. And so it's been a seven year journey um, for me. And as I think about that journey, I think about what we should be living for. And I saw this illustration, I don't know how many of y'all know Francis Chan. I love Francis Chan. Um, he he has a lot of great stuff. If you don't know who that is, you need to YouTube him. There's about a thousand videos of him speaking. And, it's cra- you know, and he's got crazy love out. There's a lot of books that he has. Uh, that, that are really good, but he did an illustration one time and it was called the dash and And what, it, what he said was if you look on a tombstone There's a starting date and an ending date in between those dates is a dash and How we live that dash determines where we are eternally. That dash right there represents how we live this life on earth if we live this life like everybody else is telling us in this world we, everybody tells you, live it for yourself. Get everything you can. Take care of yourself. No matter what, everything is okay. That's what the world teaches us. That's the total opposite of what we should be living it for. That dash, we should be living to serve God. That dash, we should be living to be the example and to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. During that dash, we're going to face a lot of adversity. We're going to face trials. This week, you're going to face some trials. They're going to come your way. Whether they're big or small, it does not matter. They're all big. T- they're, when it happens to us, they're all big. I'm telling you, how we live that dash right there determines how we get through that. And how we get through that determines where we are eternally. We must live that dash to be in heaven. Don't, we, we must not live that dash to see how many material things we can gain, how much money we can gain in this world, how much status we can gain in this world. We must live that dash to see all that we can do for Christ, and to live in eternity with Him one day because of the way we lived. And I thought that was a great illustration. Um, You know, it it teaches us that we must be different and uncommon. Uh, A book uh, Tony Dungy wrote called Uncommon. If you haven't read that, that's a great book to read. But he talks about in there how we must be different, how we we must be so uncommon in this world. Like I said, if we want to live like this world does, this world is teaching us to take God out of everything. They're taking it out of the government. They're taking it out of our schools. That's what the that's what the world's teaching us. They're teaching us that no matter that they're teaching us that make yourself happy. No matter what, that's what we should be living for. Where it's total opposite. To. We we must be uncommon and different. We must live our life for Christ. We must live our life to be that shining light for people that really need us. There's so many people out there that need us. I think about, you know, we all have a purpose. We all have a purpose in here. And, and, and everybody's different. It's some, it's somebody in here, their purpose might be to teach a Sunday school class. Somebody's purpose might be in here to just go out and do things for people. know, It might sound simple as cutting somebody's grass, raking their leaves. You know, something where we're serving others. Some people are really good at that. Some people, uh, you know, are, are good at teaching Sunday school class. If you'd have asked Tracy 30 years ago, I should have probably said that. Uh, that tells you how old we are. It, it, yeah, yeah, but if you ask him that if he thought he'd ever see me up here speaking like this, he would have probably laughed, and so would I. But I I've, I've see now that right now this is the purpose God has for me, is to, is to share his word and to share that there is hope with all the things that we face each day. So I, the challenge is for us to find whatever our purpose is and to live it for Christ. Um, you know, I, I think about how this world, uh, you know, it, it gives us temporary fixes. You know whether it's substances whether it's material things whether it's the internet which is crazy enough as it is um, you know there, there's so many things out there that you know the world says hey use this this will this will give you that fix but everything that I try especially early on once that feeling went away all it did was make it worse until I decided to turn it all over to Christ it never got better it felt like I dug myself deeper and deeper but as soon as I turned it over to Christ, I started digging myself out. Let me, let me read this. Therefore, this is Romans 12, through two. Therefore I urge you brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. The next thought I have is who do we surround ourselves with? And I know I, 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 I get the opportunity to be around teenagers every day. And, and just about every day, I think they would tell you, i tell them, hey, whoever you hang around is what you're gonna become. But you know what, it's no different for us adults. Whoever we surround ourselves with, it's, a, it's amazing when I put myself around certain people, how much closer to God I am too. It, it, it's, it's amazing. And what I tell the young people is I'm not telling you that we should not be helping those that need help, but we should never put ourselves in a bad situation. What I tell them is don't put yourself in a bad situation on a Friday night with that group. Be around them at school and try to be an influence on them there and help them, but don't put yourself in a bad situation. And, and I, I don't see it as adults any different. And I started thinking about you know some people that I surrounded myself with, and the first one that came to mind is Bill Baker. I know nobody in here know who Bill Baker is. But Bill Baker is that servant. He's the one that if you stuck up here at the microphone, he would look at you for about 15 seconds and say, you're dismissed. He, he doesn't want to talk up here. That scares him to death. This is a guy that will give you the shirt off his back and he would do anything for you. When everything happened to us, the first two, two and a half weeks, me and my family stayed at their house. We just couldn't go back to our house. It was too hard for us. And he took care of us and he supplied everything that we needed, Him and not just him, his family, but he was always there. When we went back home, that first morning I got up, I go out to the door, and there was a note on the door. It was from Bill Baker. Bill started driving 15 minutes out of the way every morning to work, to our house, which means he had to drive 15 more minutes back the other way, so he was driving 30 minutes, he didn't have to drive every day. He did this for three months. He did it for seven days a week. Every day he showed up. We never saw him, but every morning we got up, there was a note out there, it had a scripture, it had a comment on there, it had a prayer on there, something spiritually, and then it said, I love and, you. Know, and, and he did that, and, and I still attest to this day that if I didn't finally tell him to stop doing that, he still would be doing that. That's who he is. He would give you the shirt off his back. And, and I think about how much he has meant to me, but I also think about, man, how much has he changed my life because of the example I saw from him. Next person is Steve Brock, and I know you don't know these names that I'm saying, but Steve was a basketball coach when me, still is, and and still a really good friend of mine. But what's this is what Steve did. Steve was always there. For, he was somebody for me to talk to. All right, I don't I don't like to open up about things. I like I like holding it in. I like being the man. I like taking care of it myself. So for me to open up and to talk to somebody is not easy. And so he he but he was the one I would. Um, and so we'd spend time after get after practice or after game in the office, and we just talk. Or he would sit there and we'd just stare at each other for 30 minutes, which might sound funny to you, but what he was saying was, hey, even if you don't want to talk, I'm here with you. And I'm gonna be here with you until you get through this. And that's the kind of person that he was. Amazing. All right, and the last person I'll talk about, cause I can go on and on about some different people, but the last one I'll talk about is my wife, Sherry. And you know, the statistics for when you lose a child, the statistics is that 90% of, relationships and in divorce and you know I'm not gonna sit up here and tell you things have been easy because we'd be lying to you it hasn't been but the one thing I'll tell you is we that never entered our mind because we looked at each other and we were the only ones that knew how each other felt we were the only ones that could help each other through those tough times and we still have our struggles all right we still handle different situations differently Uh, you know we still have those moments where we get upset about different things over the, over losing our son, but in different ways. Um, just this week, I had a teacher, uh, ACC teacher, uh, where that taught Nathan, that I went over there to her, and I've talked to her for the last seven years, but never really said much besides "Hey," because I, it was just too hard for me. And I don't know what happened that morning, but all of a sudden I said, and this was Friday actually, I said, you know what, I'm gonna give her one of these bracelets. So I took this bracelet off and took it to her, gave it to her, Hugged her, walked off, and for about five minutes, went to, into an office and just cried. Uh, for my wife, that's a somebody she can go up to and smile and hug and and talk to. So my point is, we handle it things differently, and each situation is not the same. I'm actually teaching, just I'm actually teaching most everybody in his class now. He would be in eleventh grade right now, and so every day they're in my classroom. Uh, all the basketball guys that played with him are now playing for me, but that's actually easier for me than it is for my wife at times. And so my point is, no matter how we have to handle it for each other, we're there for each other. And, you know, usually when something like that happens, what happens is you blame you blame each other. And we've been the total opposite. We, we both have blamed ourselves for that night. Um, I know for me, that's something as a human being, honestly, I'm sure I'm going to do until I, get, I do get to heaven. I would be lying to you if I said I, would. I, I didn't. Um, you know, because I, I could make one decision differently all the way throughout that day, and things would have changed. And, and I'd go through that all the time. But when I think about it, I did everything that I thought was right. And I did everything I thought was going to keep him safe that night. Um, and so say, saying that, you know, for, for, for me and Sherry, it was never an option. Um, the second thing that normally happens is people just move away after that and get away. I'm at a place and I don't have enough time to sit here and talk to you about Mount Dora Christian Academy. I wish maybe one day I can come back and do that. It's such a special place. Um, I got there, this is my 19th year there, and I remember coming from Greater Atlanta Christian, which is in a, you know, on the other side of Atlanta, Georgia, and I remember everybody thinking, you know what, he's going to go back there and coach one day. That's what, you know, that's, that's what he's going to do. And even I've had several opportunities to go coach in college. I've had several opportunities to go coach at other high schools. Not me looking for him. I've had people come to me and ask me. And, I, and my comment to them is, why would I want to go somewhere when I'm at the best place in the world? It makes no sense to me to do that. And I am very honored to be there. It, it is a privilege to be at a place like that where I can wake up in the morning and smile and say, I can't wait to get to school. And it's because of the people that are there. It's because of the people that started that school. It started with Orville Boyd, and it's gone all the way through, uh, you know, with James Moore and through Brad Moser and now Lori Hadley. I can name names and keep naming them. But those people have made it such a special place because it's about bringing people to Christ. It's not about winning championships, even though those are nice to win. It's not about... Make it a 4.0, which is nice to make a 4.0. But i tell you what, I wouldn't give up anybody soul there for any kind of trophy. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity every morning that I get to go there and, and hopefully make a difference in people's lives. It's such a special place. Maybe one day i would come back and talk about that place, too, because I, I would need 30 minutes for that, too. Um, you know, but I sit there and I just think about we must put God in the forefront of everything. And it's so easy when you have a trial, when you have a tragedy, it's so easy to push God either to the side or behind you. It's so hard to have him in front because I remember for me, I remember the anger that I had, I didn't want him in front. And until I got through that, and until I let go of everything, until I left, I'll tell you what it is, until I let go of my pride that I was going to take care of myself and I was going to be the man, until I let go of all that, I kept pushing him away, and it kept making things worse and worse. And the thing is, our faith is tested every day. The devil is after us. He knew what was going to get to me. He knew how to push those buttons. He knows how to push those buttons with all of us. I tell my basketball players, you're either going to become a better shooter or a worse shooter every day. You can't stay the same. It's impossible. So you either get out there and you work on it, and you you get more consistent and better at it, or you don't do anything and it gets worse. I think our spirituality is the same way. It's something we have to work on every day. It's not something we do on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. It should be an everyday occurrence. It should be an every moment occurrence. We must work on our spirituality. We must be able to handle those tests that come our way. Let me read this, Hebrews 11:6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seeks him. Increasing our faith through prayer, I I believe is the next thing that goes with that. And I I, I start thinking about prayer, and I start thinking about how my prayer life has changed so much. I I was that guy that believed you had to be, you know, in private, on your knees, or sitting down, and head bowed. What I've learned as as I've really studied this, God wants, a personal relationship with us. You know what? All that, it is important for us to have the knowledge, first of all. That is important. But if God, if we, if, if we have to decide between the knowledge and a relationship, God wants the relationship. And the only way we can have that relationship is to communicate with him. And so, to me, I started talking to him like I to my wife, where we're talking back and forth. You know, people, when I'm driving down the road, people probably think I'm a little crazy because I'm talking to myself. But I'm praying. I'm praying. I, I, I used to be a runner. I used to run marathons All like this. I'm too old for that. And so I go out and I walk fast now. That makes me feel good. And so as I'm out walking, that's what I do. I just start talking. I'll just start talking to him. And you know, it's amazing how much closer I feel to him now. And I've learned that, you know what? You don't have to be on your knees. You don't have to be with your head bowed and your eyes closed to communicate with him. What he wants is an intimate relationship with us. And to do that, it must be constant communication. He wants to not only hear the good stuff, he wants to hear the bad stuff. And when I started talking through my situation with him and started talking through how I felt, he brought the answers. And he'll always answer our prayers. We must understand that. But what we've got to be able to handle is when he doesn't answer it the way we want him answered. We must realize that he's got a bigger purpose than we have. He has more knowledge than we have. He knows what he wants from us. And so when he answers it, we must accept that and must move on. And when we do that, man, we will grow closer to him in so many ways. Our hope is in Christ. And this is the phrase I wrote. Let go, let God, trust God. I don't know about y'all, but letting go, it's easy for me to let go about 96.3% of the things. Yeah, That's easy. It's that last, I'm not good with math, it's that last 3.4%, 3.4% 3.4% to let go of is the toughest because we have that human nature in us where we want to hold on to that. We feel like that's our, that's our comfort. That's our, that's our safety blanket. But when we decide to let go of that safety blanket and we let go of everything, then we let God. And when we let God, amazing things start happening. And it's amazing how, how our life ends up being better. It's amazing how even though things might be going wrong, our attitude is totally different. People see us in a different way. And then when we let go and we let God, then we trust God. And when we do that, it's unbelievable the things that will happen. It's unbelievable how we will affect His kingdom. And that's what we're here for. We're here to affect His kingdom. We're here to bring others to Christ. And what they need to see from us is not us handling the good things, but how we handle those things that come that are so tough in our life really can influence people. And I'll tell you this: I, as a human being, I'd give anything to change the course of all this, just like any anybody else would. I, I believe in my situation, but I do know this: I know several people have been baptized. I know, I know, I, I know people have been affected um, and, and, and able to see that you can make it through tough things. You can still have your spirituality. You can still have your belief in Christ. As a matter of fact, I test that mine's stronger than it's ever been. I test that it's tested every day. And I had those tough times. But it's amazing how much faster I get up now when I get knocked down. down. And and, and that's all because I decided to let go, let God, and trust God. And I'm telling you, when we do that, then we're gonna then we're gonna do some amazing things i wrote down don't wait live for christ now and then let me read this proverbs 3 5-6 through 6, trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight nothing's too big for christ everything's too big for us nothing's too big for him let him handle it no matter how far away you feel you are from God. He is still there waiting on you to come back to Him. And I'm telling you, when at my lowest point, I honestly felt like there was no way out. I, I, I felt like there was no way. I, I was embarrassed to even think about talking to God, in all honesty. And, and I remember thinking, you know what, I'm so far down, He's not around anymore. But as I look back at it, and I see what had happened, and I see how everything happened throughout those days, He wasn't only there he was carrying me on his back he was carrying me through those tough times no matter where you're at in your life he's carrying you right now give him the trust give him your life give turn everything over to him i pray each of us will allow god to get us through those tough times first corinthians 9 24 through 27 do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize Run in such a way As to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I think about, um, you know, as I close here, I think about where God's guided me. Uh, right now. Um, you know, there's a, there's several things on me and my wife's heart. One thing is we don't want Nathan to ever be forgotten. Um, it's important to me to be able to show these pictures and to be able to talk about him. I want people to see his personality. His, his life was important. His life was very meaningful. Even though it was only 10 years, he made a difference. And I, w- I really believe he made a difference spiritually in people's lives. Um, I, I think about my teaching and coaching at MDCA and that's still such a big thing for me, and, and there's so many, so many things there that are valuable to my heart. There, and I, I think about uh, about three years ago, uh, Dr. Brad Moser. I don't know if y'all know these names or not. Dr. Brad Moser, and now Lori Hadley is now uh, the headmaster. They uh, they allowed me to start a Bible study there on Wednesday night. I had 12 basketball players three years ago, and 10 of them didn't go to church. And so my idea was, let's bring the church to them. So my wife and a few uh, other ladies decided they'd start cooking meals on Wednesday night. We would feed them. We'd have an hour Bible study, and then I'd open up the, the gym and let them play. All of a sudden, uh, a couple months into it, we were up over 30 people there. And to this day, we continue it. Every week's different. Well, Some weeks we'll have 10. Some weeks we'll have 35. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, we have that opportunity. That is, If you want to know what I enjoy the most there— if somebody asked me my favorite thing there now, it would be that. And that was something that was allowed three years ago by, by two people that, you know, has given us the opportunity to, to touch some people's lives who have no idea who Christ is. These, these kids come in there, they ask questions because it's a small, intimate setting. It's their friends, you know, and, and so it's a, it, it's been amazing. When Wednesday's over with, I feel like we can, you know, fight the world. You know, I'm ready for Thursday and Friday now. Um, You know, I I still have the opportunity every day. Starting tomorrow, I'll be with uh, 12 guys, you know, practically two and a half hours a day. And, yes, basketball is really important to me, but we will find time every day spiritually. You know, whether it's a a devotional, whether it's just, you know, just reading scripture together, whatever it is, it's an opportunity I have for about six months with 12 guys to be able to, you know, help them grow closer to Christ and i take all that very serious uh you know i've been able to now in the last couple years i've actually i I was a pe teacher that's what i did i've done for 20 something years uh last couple years i've been able to teach a a couple bible classes i've had a leadership class now for the third year which that leadership class uh, is all about leading spiritually um is is the way i've I've, I've, uh, attacked it and um saying all that i have so much there that i still have to do and then there's This right here is speaking uh, about keeping your faith through tragedy. Uh, Like I said, this is something I would have never thought I would ever get up here and do. I'm not a preacher, but I am. I will attest to you, I'm a follower of Christ. I will attest to you that I want to help as many people as I can get through the tough times. And you know what? You don't have to be a preacher to do that. Um, You know, and, and, and I just put it in God's hands every time I get up here, I let him do the speaking. It might be my mouth moving, but, it, but he's speaking through my heart. And, you know, it's a very important thing that God has put on my heart to do. Uh, I'm very well known as a coach in Central Florida. I'm not known at all as a speaker. If you know of any churches, uh, please give them my name. I, I would love to go anywhere and speak. I'll drive anywhere. I don't care. I don't care if it's Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning. It doesn't matter. Um, it's all in God's time. But please feel free to give my name out. I, I would greatly appreciate that. And then there's the Nathan Hayes Fund. Um, this is a fund that we started seven years ago. Um, during those seven years, we've given out six, over 60 college scholarships um, to, to students. Um, next year will be the biggest group. Now this, not this year, I think there will probably be four or five that we'll give out. But next the next year will be the biggest. Uh, we have his class graduating, and our goal is to give everybody in that class that is still there, along with some ones that have even left a college scholarship. Um, and so th- this, this fund means a, means a lot to me and my wife. We use it for that. We use it for mission trips. We use it for helping people in our community. If you go to Mount Dora, as beautiful as Mount Dora is, and it's beautiful, but if you go within about a three to five mile radius, you can find some areas where there's a lot of people in a lot of need. There's a lot of people hurting. And you can do that just about anywhere in this world now. And we want to use that fund to help those three things. And so uh, there's a table back there. If you would like to donate to that, please feel free to do so. There's also some wristbands like this. And there's some pamphlets back there with some information on that, on those. Please grab them as you leave. Um, take as many of the wristbands and pamphlets as you want. Um, you know, we, we, we love seeing this right here. Uh, I love... Going to school and seeing that and seeing Nathan Hayes bands, um, that, that that warms my heart. Um, you know, and, and like I say, it, it, it's it, there's still a lot of his friends there. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's very different teaching there now than it was even four or five years ago, just because they're more in my life now than they even were when 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 they were in school with Nathan. I'll say this: all that matters is one day. We are all in heaven with our Lord and Savior. God bless each of you in your spiritual journey. My prayer is that as you face these tough times, that hopefully you can something I said can help you through that. Um, but I'll tell you what, the, the, the only the only secret pill to it is, the only secret pill is put it in God's hands and trust Him. That's the secret. And if, you, if you'll do that, no matter how bad or how good things are going, it'll end up turning out right when it's all said and done put it in his hands I, and God bless each of you. I appreciate the time that y'all have given me here. I'll stay this, I'll stay as, me and my wife will stay as long as needed to be. If somebody has some questions or would like to talk, we're happy to talk to you about anything and answer any questions that you have. Um, Tracy can get a hold of me if you need If you to talk to me on the phone if, about something like this. I, I, that's what I feel like God has put me here for. My wife is the same way. She, she does not like getting up here and talking but she would be happy to talk on the phone or it, it, one-on-one like that. That does not bother her. Um, but like I say, I, I appreciate the time. It's, you got a wonderful church. You know, I, I, I couldn't believe how friendly it was in about the 15 minutes. I think i met more than half the people here. And you got a good man right here. You know, I, I, I tell you, you do. And it, 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 even though me and Sherry can tell you a lot of stories, I, I, I'll tell you this. He, 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 he was as good a man then as he is right now, and, and he would he would do anything for you. God bless, guys.
0: Well, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming. Uh, he, he really traveled a while to get here, longer than he thought. GPS said it was gonna be at my house around 350, and uh, he got here about 20 till, about 15, 20 till we started. Uh, three wrecks later, they, they made it. And uh, so I know they're tired, um, but uh, you did excellent. You, sh- you should have been in the Bible department with me. I don't know. But, uh, but seriously, you know, I love you and Sherry so much. And, um, of course, Joe Wild is on the board there at Mount Dora. And I know he uh, would love, I'm sure, for you to come back and talk to us more about Mount Door. We, we love it when James Moore comes and we've had some others and, and uh, I just appreciate your mission. And seriously, you know, think about, you know, if there's some things, I know people in here that have had loss, you may be struggling with your faith. And and these are these are two people who are here that will be glad to talk to you. And, um, and they're, they're as genuine as, and sincere as, as you'll ever find uh, as, as folks. So um, I was gonna ask Joe to come up and lead a prayer, but I don't know if he's capable with, I didn't think so. Uh, so we'll have a, I'll have a prayer now. And uh, after that, we do birthday celebrations here. Uh, some celebrate, more years than others, but we all celebrate, Uh, and uh, George, what month are we in, brother? You might have missed her. All right, George, you're going to be in the birthday group. When is your birthday? Yeah, you missed it. All right, let's bow for a word of prayer, and, and then we'll do our birthdays, and then please take advantage of talking with With Otter and Sherry, let's pray. Father, we again thank you for for allowing this couple to be here. I just, I I cannot tell you how much I love them. You know this. So many people have been inspired by the horrible tragedy in their lives. And it's just amazing, Father, that, that so much good can come from something that is just so bad. And Father, I just pray for them as a couple. I pray for them as their faith continues to grow and 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 Father, just love them in ways that we just can't love them and just continue to be a peacefulness within them. Father, we thank you for the refreshments we're about to partake of and, and just this day and what a wonderful day it's been with you. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen alright let us All right, let's y'all stand. Uh, If you have a November birthday go to the back and George, November birthday